0: Hi everyone, this is Nicole Crum, and I'm part of IDEA's Inspired Service Team. Welcome back to a new episode of IDEA's Listen and Learn CEC Podcast, the fitness industry's first and only Audible CEC program. If this is your first time listening, here's how it works. In this episode, I'm going to read you 23 evidence-based news stories that will bring you up to date on fitness trends, exercise research, and the dynamic fields of diet, food, nutrition and BA for Change Science. This episode contains information that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 approval agencies, including ACE, NASM, AFA, ACSM, NSCA, and NFPT. In order to claim your CEC, you will need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the Idea Store. Look for the link to the quiz in the show notes. To so thank you for listening, at the end of the episode, I will provide you with a coupon code to get 20% off. Research has shown that physical activity increases comprehension. So you're out for a run, walking, or just doing the dishes, we encourage you to move while you listen and learn. Let's get started. First, I will read 10 articles from our headline section that were researched by our colleague and award-winning contributing editor, Shirley Archer. These were originally published in the July-August 2020 edition a fitness journal. In addition to the link in the show notes, the articles, and the quiz can also be found at ideafit.com under the articles tab. Article 1. Build up to high intensity training. In light of increased participation in high intensity training and an increase in heart attacks and sudden cardiac death among male marathon participants, the American Heart Association, issued a scientific statement to outline benefits and risks of vigorous exercise programs. After reviewing more than 300 studies, authors noted that physically active people, such as regular walkers, have up to 50% lower risk of heart attack and sudden cardiac death. However, intense exercising training can present potential risks, particularly to new exercisers or those with underlying or undiagnosed cardiovascular conditions. Like heart rhythm abnormalities or a prior heart attack. Authors recommend the following guidelines for sharing a healthy physical activity program. Warm up by doing the planned activity at a slower pace to let heart rate rise gradually. Walk on a level surface for six to eight weeks, progressing to hills, jogging, or more vigorous activities as long as no symptoms occur, such as shortness of breath, lightheadedness, chest pain, or chest pressure. Increase exercise time incrementally from five to 10 minutes at first and gradually build up to longer times. Lower exercise intensity when new or different environmental conditions such as high humidity or high altitude may strain the heart. Cool down after exercise to let heart rate return to normal. And stop and seek medical evaluation if you experience any heart-related symptoms such as lightheadedness, shortness of breath, or chest pain or pressure. The new statement, exercise-related acute cardiovascular events and potential deleterious adaptations following long-term exercise training, placing the risk into perspective. An update from the American Heart Association is available in Circulation 2020-141-E705-236. Article 2, Gate Analysis in Your Shoe. Do you include gait analysis in your assessments to help you craft the perfect program? A new technology may simplify the process. Stevens Institute of Technology Researchers in Hoboken, New Jersey, have developed an insole complete with sensors that use artificial intelligence, AI, to analyze gait parameters with almost as much accuracy as much more expensive and cumbersome lab equipment. The smart insole can capture as many as 500 readings per second using gyroscopes, Accelerometers and force sensors, and only requires a few minutes of treadmill walking or running for results. Principal investigator and study author, Damiano Zanato, PhD assistant, professor of mechanical engineering at Stevens, said, we're now able to accurately analyze a person's gait in real time, in real world environments. Zanotto and his team are seeking patents for the product, Sportsole. We're achieving the same or better results as high-end sensors at a far lower cost. And that's a big deal when it comes to scaling this technology. Article three, active commuting linked to heart health. University of Leeds researchers in England found an association between heart health and active commuting among data for 43 million British working adults ages 25 to 74. The data from the 2011 UK census showed that 11.4% of workers used active transport, while 8.6% walked and 2.8% cycled. Data analysis showed that for women who walked to work and for men who cycled to work, there was an association of 1.7% lower incidence of heart attacks during the following year. Study authors note that while the effect of active commuting is modest when compared with other factors that impact heart health, such as smoking, obesity, or diabetes. It still shows potential for widespread health and well-being improvements. Governments also need to support infrastructure changes to enhance the safety of cycling and walking routes so people feel more confident that they do not need to use cars. The study is published in the European Journal of Preventative Cardiology. Article 4. 10-Minute Natural Stress Relief your clients may be feeling fairly stressed after being quarantined. So why not advocate for their overall health by encouraging them to be active in nature a few times per week? New findings from a Cornell University study shows that as little as 10 minutes outside in a natural setting can improve mood, focus, blood pressure, and heart rate for young people between the ages of 15 and 30. Researchers reviewed 14 studies to determine a minimum amount of time in nature that would positively impact mental health and well-being for college-age students. The study is reported in Frontiers in Psychology. While the study focused on young people, other research supports similar results for people of all ages. In general, green exercise has superior health benefits when compared with physical activity done indoors. To learn more, see the Fitness Journal article, Green Exercise, How It Benefits You, in the February 2018 issue. Article five, wearables that monitor heart rate are colorblind. Some people with darker skin tones have experienced inaccurate heart rate readings. Recent research conducted at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina, show that this malfunction, formerly an issue for some products, is now resolved. We started this study because we were seeing some evidence, both in research and anecdotally, that indicated wearable devices weren't working as well for people with darker skin tones, said Jesslyn Dunn, PhD assistant professor of biomedical engineering at Duke. People would compare a reading on a chest strap to their smartwatches and get different heart rate values. The companies that manufacture these devices don't put out any metrics about how well they work across skin tones, so we wanted to collect evidence. Previous research demonstrated that inaccurate PPG Heart rate measurements occur up to 15% more frequently in dark skin as compared to light skin, said Dunn. That's because darker skin has a higher melanin content, and melanin absorbs the wavelength of light that PPG uses. Researchers compared data from three rounds of testing, a total of six devices, to data from an electrocardiogram patch, and concluded that many devices, software, updates have addressed concerns related to skin tones. Read the open access study in NPJ Digital Medicine, article 6. Pelvic floor exercise training and prenatal exercise programs. Postpartum women often find themselves coping with the discomforts of incontinence. To determine whether targeted training can help, Polish researcher at Gdansk University evaluated whether or not adding pelvic floor muscle education and training to a prenatal high-low impact exercise program would be effective. Investigators compared 133 pregnant women who attended a high-low impact exercise program and a pelvic floor education program from the second trimester of pregnancy through birth three times a week. 127 women in a control group received no training. All subjects reported details about the impact of incontinence on their lives two months after giving birth and one year postpartum. Data analysis showed that participants who participated in the high-low program and received pelvic floor education reported significantly less impact on their lives from incontinence than the control group. Between the two assessments, training group women experienced a 38% decrease in symptoms compared with a 20% decrease among women in the control group. The conclusion? Adding pelvic floor education and training may help women continue high-intensity exercise and reduce postnatal urinary incontinence. The study is reported in Medicine. Article 7. Yoga and a Good Night's Sleep Yoga effectively reduces chronic lower back pain and associated sleep disturbances, lowering the need for sleep medications, according to a study published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine. Boston University of Medicine researchers conducted the randomized control trial to evaluate whether chronic lower back pain treatments like yoga and physical therapy could influence sleep quality and potentially address pain issues. The study included 320 adults with chronic lower back pain who attended either 12-week yoga sessions or one-on-one physical therapy sessions or read an educational book. Participants were evaluated before the intervention at 12 weeks and one year from the study start. Data analysis found significant improvements in sleep quality in both yoga and physical therapy participants. Study authors note that reducing reliance on medications, especially a combination of sleep and pain medications, is important. Article eight, cardio benefits people at risk for Alzheimer's disease. We now have even more reason to promote maintaining cardiorespiratory fitness particularly in middle age. New research shows that proactively improving cardiovascular fitness in people at risk for developing Alzheimer's disease, AD, may positively impact areas of the brain that are adversely affected by AD's progression. University of Wisconsin researchers conducted the pilot study to evaluate the benefits of fitness training for asymptomatic people genetically predisposed to AD. Scientists believe that the most opportune time to modify the disease course is before substantial brain tissue damage occurs. Study authors found that a progressive 26 week program of 150 minutes per week, three times 50 minutes of moderate intensity treadmill exercise, significantly improved executive function and the brain glucose metabolism, but not episodic memory in a study with 23 subjects. More research on a larger scale is recommended to validate findings. The study is published in Brain Plasticity. Article 9. More Steps, Lower Blood Pressure. Using smartwatches and home blood pressure monitoring to track data, people who took more daily steps had lower blood pressure when compared with those who took fewer steps. According to a study reported in the American College of Cardiology's annual scientific session in March 2020, Researchers used data from 638 participants in the Framingham Heart Study who recorded daily step counts and blood pressure for one week. Data analysis showed that for every 1,000 steps taken, participants' systolic blood pressure lowered approximately 0.45 points. In related news, death rates linked to high blood pressure have increased by 72% in rural areas and 20% in urban U.S. communities according to another presentation at the Scientific Session. University of Vermont Larner College of Medicine Researchers examined nationwide data of more than 10 million deaths between 2007 and 2017. Hypertension-related cardiovascular deaths are rising in the U.S. across all age groups, all regions, and in both urban and rural populations, said lead study author Lakshmi Nambiar, M.D. Cardiovascular Disease Fellow at the University. These findings are alarming and warrant further investigation as well as preventative efforts. More research is needed to determine the causes and reasons for regional differences. Increasing exercise and improving diet are ways to address hypertension. The study is available in the Journal of American College of Cardiology. Article 10, Question of the Month. Are you or any of your facility trainers offering streaming programs? For example, are you live streaming group exercise classes or providing ways for trainers to work with clients virtually? If yes, what are your best practices? What platforms, say Zoom or Google Hangouts, have worked best, and what lessons can you share? We wanna hear from you. Please email your thoughts to Executive Editor Joy Keller at jkeller at ideafit.com. That concludes the readings of Headlines. Many thanks to the author and contributing editor, Shirley Archer, for her research and writing. Next up, I will read 13 articles from our Food for Thought News section. These were researched by our colleague, Matthew Cady, a registered dietitian and cookbook author who is also a James Beard award-winning journalist. These articles were originally published in the July-August 2020 edition of Fitness Journal. In addition to the link in the show notes, the articles and the quiz can also be found at ideafit.com under the Articles tab. Article 1, show me the money. Kids aren't the only ones who can be bribed to eat their broccoli. Adults will also consume more fruits and vegetables if they are given cash incentive to do so. That's according to a research hailing from the University of Colorado Boulder. In the study, 128 people were instructed to keep track of both their stress levels And their fruit and vegetable consumption for 21 days. One group received a $1 reward per serving of healthy food, and the other received nothing. The results were pretty clear. Although periods of stress resulted in a drop in fruit and vegetable intake across the board, individuals who received a monetary incentive were more likely to maintain their healthy eating habits. The real payoff? While using bribes to get people to change their dietary preferences is often frowned upon. Rewards can be powerful if the activity creates a long-term adjustment in health behavior for the better. Community health programs geared at improving dietary habits in the population may want to explore various cash incentives to encourage better success. What about discounted training sessions for people who achieve five a day? Article two, rise and dine and burn calories. Here's news that will please oatmeal lovers. Making time for a hearty morning meal may boost daily calorie burn, say German researchers. In a blind crossover study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, 16 men of normal weight consumed a low-calorie breakfast, 11% of their daily calorie requirement, and a high-calorie dinner, 69% of their overall calorie needs, in one three-day test. They then did the opposite in another test of equal length, using indirect calorimetry, the researchers found that energy dissipated as heat after a meal, known in research lingo as diet-induced thermogenesis, was two and a half times higher for breakfast than it was for dinner in both the low and high-calorie scenarios. Food eaten in the morning also caused a much lower rise in blood sugar and insulin. Also noteworthy is the choosing a low-calorie breakfast left people hungrier for sweets the rest of the day compared with eating more calories in the morning. We don't yet know if these differences in calorie burn and appetite for sweet stuff are enough to induce weight loss, or if the same results would occur in women. But this study does nudge us toward the idea that dietary interventions for people wishing to lose body weight might be wise to encourage eating breakfast like a king and dinner like a pauper. Be sure to try the easy make-ahead oats recipe at the end of this episode. Article 3. Dietitians Make a Difference Some face time with a registered dietitian can be an important part of a successful weight loss program. That's the conclusion of an investigation published in Family Practice. Researchers from East Carolina University studied older female adults on Medicare who had obesity. Participants who received regular therapy sessions with a dietitian lost on average 2.7 pounds. Control group members who did not receive counseling from a nutritional professional gained on average 0.5 pounds during the study period. Dietitians are specifically trained to make nutrition diagnoses and develop personalized nutrition plans, which many fitness professionals are not qualified to perform. Article four, sweat more, eat less. Whenever someone is looking to get healthy, a workout routine is typically part of the plan. Be it to increase overall physical fitness or to burn calories for weight loss. But a recent study from researchers at the Center for Weight, Eating, and Lifestyle Science at Drexel University in Philadelphia has linked working out to another surprising benefit when it comes to winning the battle of the bulge. It may actually help people eat less, not more. The investigation published in Health Psychology found that when overweight participants involved in a reduced calorie weight loss program did not engage in exercise, the risk of them overeating in the following hours was 12%. Flip the script and the risk of overeating was cut by more than half to 5% when people engaged in one hour of exercise. Moreover, for every additional 10 minutes of exercise a participant engaged in, the likelihood of overeating afterward decreased by a further 1%. Increasingly, the study results also suggest that lighter physical activity had a great protective effect against overeating than did more vigorous workouts. Overall, this study indicates that exercise may help people adhere to a calorie-controlled diet, perhaps through improved regulation of appetite or positive changes in eating behavior. Also, These findings make a case for more moderate forms of activity, like walking, as being helpful with diet maintenance. That's important for individuals who are not yet ready for more intense exercise pursuits. Article 5. Bad sleep, bad diet. It's a worrisome equation. Below-par sleep habits can trigger below-par food choices, and the two together can equal a higher risk of conditions like heart disease and obesity. Suggests a report in the Journal of American Heart Association. Researchers from Columbia University Irving Medical Center in New York analyzed the sleep and eating habits of an ethnically diverse group of 495 women, ages 20 to 76, and found that those with worse overall sleep quality, including taking longer to fall asleep, consumed more added sugars, had higher daily calorie intake, and ate more food by weight. One hypothesis. that poor sleep quality may lead to poor eating habits by stimulating hunger signals or suppressing bodily signals of fullness. In a vicious cycle, it could be that an unhealthy diet turns around to contribute to a night of poor sleep. This drives home the necessity of including guidance on good sleep hygiene as part of an overall wellness program. Article 6. Fast Food Nation. On any given day in normal life, Nearly one-third of American adults opt for the convenience of a meal prepared in a kitchen that's not their own, a choice that can make it harder to stick to a healthy eating pattern. Researchers at the Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy at Tufts University in Boston analyzed the dining choices of more than 35,000 Americans over a 24-hour period. The scientists assessed the nutritional quality of food from full-service restaurants versus fare from fast food and fast casual venues. They discovered that 70% of meals procured at fast food and fast casual joints had poor nutritional value. For full service restaurants, around half of the meals were determined to be nutritionally lackluster. Worse still, fewer than 0.1% of the restaurant meals analyzed during the study period, 2003 to 2016, provided ideal nutritional quality as measured using an American Heart Association diet score. Restaurant meals accounted for a whopping 21% of Americans' total calorie intake. Since these findings drive home the point that dining out remains so prevalent and is a recipe for unhealthy eating the majority of the time, people should continue to receive education on how to spot healthier options on menus and encouragement to prepare most of their meals at home. Article 8. It may be time for an oil change. More and more, it appears that the broadcasted health benefits of coconut oil are based largely on a sales pitch instead of science. A meta-analysis and circulation of 16 previous studies showed that consumption of the tropical oil, which is laden with saturated fat, leads to higher levels of LDL and total cholesterol, compared with other vegetable oils. And this can lead to heart health woes over time. The research also found evidence linking coconut oil to lower rates of high blood sugar, inflammation, and adiposity. This aligns with the dietary recommendation to replace saturated fats with unsaturated fats like olive oil. That said, sporadic use of coconut oil for cooking in the context of an overall healthy diet is unlikely to have a substantial detrimental effect. Article 9. High or Low? Despite differences in macronutrient composition among the dizzying array of diets these days, the specific types of food that someone chooses appears to be the deciding factor on whether a certain eating style is indeed a healthy choice. Gleaning data from over 37,000 American adults involved in the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, researchers working at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health found no differences in the overall risk of death during the study between people following a low-carbohydrate or low-fat diet. However, healthy versions of each regimen were linked to lower mortality, whereas deaths, a total of 4,866, occurred over 297,768 person-years, increased at statistically equal rates for both diets when people made unhealthy food choices. Mortality risk decreased by 9% for the healthy low carb diet and 11% for the healthy low fat diet, but this risk increased by 7% and 6% for unhealthy low carb and unhealthy low fat diets, respectively. Examples of unhealthy carbohydrates identified by the study authors included refined grains and packaged foods with added sugars, whereas healthier options included whole grains vegetables, and whole fruits. For low-carbohydrate diets, foods higher in unsaturated fat were given a healthier score than items richer in saturated fat. While the definitions of low-fat and low-carb were quite loose and not necessarily as stringent as certain trending diet regimens, the takeaway from this JAMA internal medicine study is that the health benefits of any particular diet, be it paleo, vegan, or keto, may depend greatly on the nutritional quality of the foods an individual typically consumes. Article 10. Steeped in Science. 4%. That's how much the risk of death from cardiovascular disease declines with each cup of unsweetened green or black tea consumed per day, according to a review study in Advances in Nutrition that spanned 30 years of evidence from 39 investigations. With respect to protection from heart events and all-cause mortality, older adults 65 years and up were shown to gain the most by drinking this ancient beverage. Bioactive compounds in tea can benefit health in various ways. For example, by relieving inflammation and improving endothelial functioning, it's also helpful if people drink unsweetened tea in lieu of sugary beverages like soda and frappuccino. Article 11 is our question of the month. Are apps a weight loss winner? As a fitness professional, it's almost guaranteed you are working with one or more clients whose primary health focus is to shed a few pounds. Perhaps directing them toward a wellness-oriented app could help them nail this goal. Adults diagnosed with type 2 diabetes may lose weight more effectively by including a weight loss mobile app as part of their slim down pursuit according to findings from a meta-analysis published in Obesity. In analyzing data from 14 studies involving 2,129 people, researchers found that individuals using mobile apps lost an additional 1.85 pounds in body weight and 0.4 of an inch in waist circumference, on average compared with those not using the apps. Notably, reductions in body weight and waist circumference were more pronounced in participants using mobile app interventions combined with other behavior components, including face-to-face health coaching. The stress is the importance of a multifaceted approach to weight loss, including working with health professionals or tailored fitness and nutrition programs. Do you have a client who are using health-oriented apps? Which apps do you recommend? Do you believe this type of technology can be a useful addition to health programs? Send your answers to Sandy Todd Webster at swebster at ideafit.com. Article 12 Cooking 101. If we want college students to eat less greasy pizza and instead develop the culinary skills needed to prepare a lifetime of healthful meals, institutions of higher learning should take note. A recent study in clinical nutrition found that hands-on experience in the kitchen can make a difference. Investigators from South Dakota State University enrolled college students in a series of three cooking classes that gave instruction on how to prepare healthy, uncomplicated recipes with also providing education on food safety and nutrition. Surveys taken before and after the classes showed a trend towards students having more cooking confidence and ability as well as a better grasp of nutrition knowledge. No word yet if such an initiative can stave off the freshman 15! Article 13 Recipe for Health Flaxberry Overnight Oats Long before acai bowls and matcha lattes, flax was considered an original superfood. That's because inexpensive and nutty-tasting flax seeds has a top-tier nutritional resume, including lofty amounts of omega-3 fat, soluble fiber, and phytochemical lignans. These team up to make eating flax good news for your ticker. A review of 62 previous research studies published in Pharmacological Research found evidence to suggest that frequent flax consumption can lower LDL cholesterol, total cholesterol, and triglyceride levels, making it a potential heart hero. A separate 2020 review showed that flax may help lower the type of inflammation that can contribute to health woes like heart disease. To reap all the nutritional benefits that flax has to offer, it's best to consume it in its powder form, since whole flax seeds have a hard shell that resists digestion. That makes this make-ahead oats creation a smart way to kick off a day. The full recipe for this delicious and nutritious meal can be found in the link to these articles in the show notes. It also can be found in the July-August issue of Fitness Journal at ideafit.com. That marks the end for the reading on Food for Thought. Many thanks to registered dietitian and subject matter expert Matthew Cady for his research and excellent writing of our popular Food and Nutrition News section. This concludes the education in this episode of the Idea, Listen and Learn CEC podcast. I'm so happy you joined me for this episode. IDEA appreciates your attention and your dedication to being the best professional you can be. Quick reminder that this education has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. In order to claim the CEC, you will need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the IDEA store. The link is in the show notes. Use coupon code JAIFJ20 to get 20% off the CEC quiz. Stay tuned! We have more exciting content that has been approved for CECs coming soon.